0: Cut to the quick. Those who were there listening asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, brothers, so now what do we do? Peter said, Change your life. Turn to God and be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so your sins are forgiven. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises targeted to you and your children, but also to all who are far away, whomever in fact Our Master God invites. He went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over get out while you can, get out of the sick and stupid culture. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word, were baptized, and were signed up. They committed themselves to the teaching of the Apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the Apostles. And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pulled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed the daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew, and God added those who were saved.
1: Uh, So, I'm kind of going to ruin the moment. I want to show you, um, and and you will see what we're doing this, uh, Monique leading us today, and I want to show you a piece of an Argentinian tango that was written by uh, an Argentinian bishop during the times of dictatorship, uh, trying to encourage people in the work of the church. So, you will have the translations there. Hopefully, you can read it. Uh, but Brent is going to help me to sing it. Sing the part. Porque atacó ambiciosos mercaderes Y denunció maldad e hipocresía Porque exaltó los niños, las mujeres Y resistió los que de orgullo ardían Porque llevó la cruz a nuestras penas Y saboreó la hiel de nuestros males Porque aceptó sufrir nuestra condena Y así morir por todos los mortales Por eso es que hoy tenemos esperanza Por eso es que hoy luchamos con porfía, por eso es que hoy miramos con confianza el porvenir en esta tierra mía. Por eso es que hoy tenemos esperanza, por eso es que hoy luchamos con porfía, por eso es que hoy miramos con confianza el porvenir. Because he attacked the ambitious merchants and denounced evil and hypocrisy. Because he exalted the children and women and rejected those who burned with pride. Because he carried the cross of our suffering and tasted the bitterness of our ills. Because he accepted to suffer our condemnation and thus die for all mortals. That's why we have a hope. That's why we fight tenaciously today. That's why we look with confidence To the future of this land of mine. This is an Argentinian tango that was written no more than 30 years ago. And the songs that you heard today are led by the band. The song, song that you heard led by Monique. And this tango will help me a little bit to explain the point of our sermon series today. We have been talking about the roots of scriptures. That being love. The root of tradition being clarity, that tradition being our way to be able to have a clearer interpretation of God's will through God's commandment. And today is experience, which root is knowledge. And knowledge is something that is gained by repeated trials. Trying things over and over again is when we learn, gain experience. When we know if something works, of we know something doesn't work. So, but when we talk about Christian experience, we need to be reminded that we are a an heaven and earth people. The passage that we read today is one of the most amazing ones for me. Because it comes after the Holy Spirit is poured down upon the disciples and followers of Christ that were just waiting. And then inspired by the Spirit, just then Peter goes and gives this amazing speech. And 3,000 people joined the movement. So because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we have become heaven and earth people. And that's, after all, what we say in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask for God's kingdom to be here on earth. us, As people full of the Holy Spirit and representative of Christ, our goal is to be able to see heaven... Here on earth. Our goal is to live. As if heaven is on earth. Or trying to bring heaven on earth. As, Paul, as, as Peter. Kenneth says in, in his sermon. We are a turn back. And be rescue people. We turn around. And we let Jesus rescue us. We repent. And after that. We get baptized. And all that comes with the gift and power of the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the biggest things that we need to understand. That is the promise that we can cash in any time from God. Because the prophet says that every flesh, that the Spirit will be poured over every flesh. And these are the three things that Peter, Peter says to people. Change your life. Stop what you're doing. What you're doing is not working. You need to change it. Second step what's the direction? Turn to God. You want to change your life? Here is a manual that will kind of give you a guide of the steps that you have to take in your life now. And third, he said, be baptized. It doesn't say, Turn your way, and everything will happen magically. Peter is kind of talking. There are, there are different steps because we are all different people, and we have different processes. He says, first you need to change your way. You need then you need to turn to God, and then you, be, you need to be baptized. You need to make a public statement that you're part of a movement that is trying to bring heaven down to earth. That we are heaven and earth people. And something that we need to realize is that God talks to communities. Throughout the the Old Testament, except in some specific moments, God is always talking to Israel. God is always talking to nations. Jesus, except at specific moments, he's always talking to a community. Peter, when he's speaking... He is talking to a group of people to the point that 3,000 join him. And something that we need to realize, that um, one of the defects, so to speak, of the English translation is the word you. I like Eugene Peterson because he says, y'all, or you all. So I guess every time, or most of the times that we see in Scripture the word you, you should have done this, you should do this, you should go this way, you should turn... It's brutal. God talks to a group of people. Talks to a whole community. And there are good and bad people in that community. But God is talking to, uh, to everybody without distinction. It's not saying, okay, um, so this group, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to them. It's talking, I'm talking to you. And, and this is a clear example. Through one man, we're all made Sinners. Through one man we were all safe. Not some. All. So one version just one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death. Another person did it right and got us out of it. In RSV translation for just as by one man disobedience, uh, disobedience the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Groups of people. God talks to community. And you should know this, right? We are one body. We are the body of Christ. You got it so far? Are you with me? I don't have the word today. So remember the word, group of people, community. It is extremely important for you to remember that part. Now, going back to the passage. There is something... I, I've been able to work with uh, amazing people. I've been able to, to work in a lot of different countries. And there is something they all, the, all of them have in common regarding the passage that we have today. And it is that Luke, in this passage, is letting us see the four marks of the Christian church. And those are following the teachings of the apostles, the common life of those who believe, the breaking of the bread. And prayers that 's what Luke is telling us that, hey, if you 're part of a Christian community, if you 're part of this new movement, if you 're a Jesus follower, these are the four marks that should follow what you 're doing, because if one of those don 't work, it will destroy the rest. Let me read this to you regarding the first one, the teachings of the apostles. When no attention is given to the teaching and to constant lifelong Christian learning, people quickly revert to the worldview or mindset of the surrounding culture and end up with their minds shaped by whichever social pressures are most persuasive, which is somewhere around as a pale influence or memory. The second one, the common life of those who believe, where people ignore the common life of Christian family, they become isolated, and often it is difficult for them to sustain their faith. The breaking of the bread, where people no longer share regularly the breaking of the bread, that is the Christian term for the simple meal that took them back to the upper room, they are failing to raise the flag which says Jesus' death and resurrection are the center of everything. In prayer, whatever people do all these three things that we just read they, but they don't do the but they neglect prayer they are quite simply forgetting that christians are supposed to be heaven and earth people prayer makes no sense whatever unless heaven and earth are designed to be joined together and we can share it already these are the four marks universally Every group of people around the world that call themselves followers of Christ should have these four marks, the teachings of the apostles. Life and community, not not simply just we get together on Sunday. Life, doing life together. What is known as fellowship, which is more than friendship, but not less of it. The breaking of the bread that reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice. That all is because of him. And of course, a life of prayer. And what happened with this group of people? Whoever was around in general, they liked what they saw. They loved what was going on with this community. They saw in this group of people a lifestyle that they wanted to be part of. They saw in them a way of being that they decided, I I would like to be like that. Sign me in. There were a lot of things that were happening in that community that made the first believers to be a large group. So we have first God calls and talks to communities, to large groups of people. Then we have The four marks that every group of Christians, group of Christians, because you cannot do this by yourself, that every group, a community of faith, should have. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about how we experience this. Because experience is one of the ways that we discern God's will for our life. And this is a very tricky part to explain so I have plenty of examples. As a missionary, I, one of the stories that you hear a lot is about missionaries that raise a lot of money and raise the, the things that, um, materials that are needed and they go to a foreign land to preach the gospel. And several, several occasions i heard the story of people going to that place Sharing about Jesus and, and the natives of the area, the locals, they say, oh, that is his name. We, we know him for a while. We just didn't know how he was called. They experienced Jesus. Not in the way the missionaries did. A couple of years ago, uh, a group of researchers, they, um, they gave to 100 United States students to read the parable of the prodigal son. Only eight of those 100 focus on the part of suffering that the prodigal son went through. 92 of those put a lot of focus on what happened after. Of the father welcoming him and putting him in a, in a, in a position of authority. Then the same parable with the same instructions was given to a group of 100 Russian, Russian students. 90 of them focused on the suffer, suffering and the feminine. Femine, Femine, that the prodigal son went through. When they started talking about it, 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 came, it came to the people that did the research. It came to their knowledge that a lot of Russians, they experienced hunger. They experienced pain. And they related with the Bible passage at, right there. They say, oh, we understand what this guy went through. And that was where they put a lot of focus. While these hundred um, United States students didn't experience that kind of suffering, so they didn't know, they didn't feel a a connection with a part of the passage. But they have heard about being on a position of authority. So you heard today. Three different styles of worship. I don't know if you noticed that. In general, we have uh, what among musicians is called white uh, contemporary or mainstream worship music. Then we have Monique sharing sharing with us uh, gospel music, spiritual, African-American spirituals. And then I share a little bit of Latin American worship. A tango. Now, these three songs have different focus. If you, you probably, if just worshiping, you, you might not notice a lot of difference between them. But if you sit with the lyrics, you can see the difference among them. Like focusings of Jesus. Beautiful, and, and beauty, and power, and, and some sort of romance romance with that name. And another song, you can see a person just over and over again struggling with life, but still pushing through it. Like, a, there's not another option we need to push through it. And another one, we hear about a Jesus that fights against oppression. We hear about a Jesus... That has defied the institutional authorities of the moment. Each one of those worship songs represent the experience of the community that wrote it. Are you with me? If you grew up in it, so your past doesn't define you but definitely definitely influence a little bit your approach to life. So if you are a person who have never experienced pain or a real difficulty in life, then your relationship with Jesus will be different than a Christian who has over and over again had to overcome pain, misery. And there are, as you know, in the world individualistic cultures and communal cultures. Like Latin American culture is a community. If you're having a bad time, everybody's having a bad time. If you're suffering, everybody's suffering. We are not okay until everybody is okay. So I decided to take this passage, to take um, to to do a research and talk to people that are familiar with these three um, main theologies that 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 I can more fairly talk a little bit about. And and ask them and tell me about books that will share a little bit of what do they see in the Scripture. And the passage that we saw today. So, if we say like a wide contemporary mainstream view of the Gospel, in general, what you will hear about this passage that was read today by Luke, is there is a need for an individual conversion. We need to put a lot of focus on the forgiveness of our sin, and we need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because it's through it that we have a relationship with God. If you take this passage from a Latin American perspective, most of the theologians they put a lot of emphasis on like, "Oh, there is a new leadership taking place. There is a revolution happening." That sounds very Latin American. We we live and die by revolutions. And that's one of the main focus. They say, well, we are not following the teachings of the uh, Pharisees anymore. We have the apostles. We have a new leadership in place. We're breaking with the traditional institution. The gift of the Spirit is poured upon everybody. And everything we have is not ours. It's shared. There should not be need among us. That's the main focus they see on this passage. If you go through African-American view from theologians, what they see is a change taking place. An explosion coming from the Spirit. A constant emphasis on we are all the same. Another emphasis on the Holy Spirit is claiming what it belongs to the Holy Spirit. A defiance on religion's view. And a new reality. Things should not be how they used to be anymore. All these three views about one same passage. But one view, one view has, the other one might be lacking. Now, because they're different, does that make them wrong? No. No. Each community, each group of people had a different experience with God. And all that was connected to the place and time that they grew. I don't have it there, but listen. So there is a a well-known theologian. Uh, He died a couple of years ago. His name was James Cohn. And he's known as the father of black liberation theology. And he says this regarding when somebody reads scripture. He says, you're looking at it from the perspective of those who win. You have to see it from the perspective of those who, has, who have no power. In fact, God is love because it's that power in your life that lets you know that you can resist the definitions that other people are placing in you. Nobody knows my sorrow. Sure, there is slavery, there is lynching, segregation, but glory, hallelujah. That glory, hallelujah, is the fact that there is a humanity and a spirit that no one can kill when you don't have the guns, when you don't have the military power, when you have nothing, how do you keep going? How do you know that you are a human being? You know it because there is a power that transcends it all. And as long as you know that, you will resist. He's saying, Israel went through a lot. And the people that Peter is talking to were being oppressed by the Roman Empire. So when you go through and read through and talk to um, Jewish followers of Christ, Jewish people that are followers of Christ, they do not pay a lot of attention to this passage. Because they say, Peter is not saying anything new. All this is about the coming reign of God. This thing that is going on with Peter... It's a sign the kingdom of God is here. The question that we've been asking to Jesus is is, is, is it time now for you to establish your kingdom? It's happening now. As simple as that. I did research. I talked to people and they say, oh, this passage is about the kingdom of God. They don't put a lot of emphasis in it. And if you pay attention, the three experiences that I just talked about fit into that king would you do me a favor and give me the ball that is on my chair? I forgot to bring it. Experience. The way that we are able to have an interpretation of God's view is going to be different. Thanks. So you see this ball. Now if you're there, you're seeing something you're there you're seeing something different faces they're horrible drawings i did it now if i turn it around you see a different face but you cannot see the one that i'm seeing right now so we're all in different positions right now and this ball is god so we are all seeing a different face of god because we are all in a different position in our life does that make sense so we all need to be one. <laughs> How we do that? I have no idea. People love what they saw. Today we live in a time where Christianity is shrinking. Methodism is shrinking. A lot of Christians don't like other Christians anymore. We have lost our path. We lost the root that brought us together. We need. To be one, and if we want to learn about God, we need to be able to hear each other. And first of all, understanding that what you know about God is not the entire truth about God. If you think like you forgot, you have God figured it out, I can assure you that what you have figured it out is definitely not God. Because God is unmeasurable. And the only way that we can know more and more about God is we doing life together. When you come to celebrate communion, think, think for a minute, am I willing to share a table at my house with those people that are going to be partaking in communion with me today? If the answer is no, then my friend, there is a lot of work that you have to do. The root of scripture is love. The root of tradition is clarity and experience is knowledge. Do not stick to the rivers and lakes you know. You need to run for the waterfalls. That's where the Holy Spirit is pouring. That is where God is pouring. Yeah, I changed the song. Um, I didn't think you were going to get it. Oh, my goodness. My wife didn't get it. Um, Because I think that is true. Don't stick to what you know. Expand yourself. God is unstoppable. God is an unstoppable force. And God relates with everybody where you are. And the Holy Spirit is poured upon everybody. And walking with you and your experience in life. And if you want to know more about God, talk to somebody that is walking a different path than you are walking. Because that person will tell you something that you don't know about God. And that is how we're going to be able to see and experience heaven on earth. Let me pray. God, we give you thanks for today, and I give you thanks for the power and the blessing of your Holy Spirit that is teaching us how we are all in a relationship, how we are all supposed to relate with each other, and that you are in everybody. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that our pride can be just brought down to its knees. So we can learn to grow. That we can see you in others and that we can hear your teachings and voice in other people. Holy Spirit, take control. Don't let our our flesh and the pressure of society today tell us what we are supposed to do, believe, or be. Let us find our identity in you and experience you through the eyes of other people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.